Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. As you all can see, a um, much different view today. I am, for those that watch on YouTube at least, I'm outside on the deck here of this beach house down in the Outer Banks of North Carolina, enjoying my first, I guess, really long vacation of the summer. I'd like to think I earned this one after just, you know, I haven't really been on a lot of vacations in the last year, but um, good to get away from some things. You know, it's been good to stay on social media a little bit, but you know, I still have a job to do and give you all some Penguins content. So for today's show, we're going to get into, you know, if Brian Dumoulin is traded, who is going to be um, on Chris Tang's pairing and who I think should be on Chris Tang's pairing. Um, we're also going to get into some free agents that have not signed yet. Could there be some fits out there for the Penguins if they are able to move some more money out, especially, um, a defenseman, and also, you know, a small little scoop that pertains to Evgeny Malkin, and also wish him um, a happy birthday, go into some of his greatest moments as a Penguin, as he is now somehow 36 years old. Um, if there's any background noise, I apologize. Um, some of these stupid cicadas like to be loud, but I'm hoping that uh, they decide to go to bed for the night. So without further ado, let's get right on into it. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LRNS for Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. First and foremost, happy late birthday to Evgeny Malkin, 36 years old. Like, it's just, it's hard to believe that he's almost 40 at this point. I mean, you know, remember, I remember the first time I came down here about seven, eight years ago, and it was right around the time that he was celebrating his 28th birthday. I mean, time just absolutely flies. Um, his I don't know if you saw his birthday cake. The with the, with the it was Lion King themed. He posted on his Instagram, had three Stanley Cups around it, and then had Rafiki, who's you know the gorilla, or um on Pride Rock with uh, Simba and all them, and he's putting up the fourth Stanley Cup like just to speak it into existence. So Evgeny Malkin badly wants to win a fourth Stanley Cup in Pittsburgh. And, you know, that's just – that's typical Geno stuff. I mean, it's it's crazy that he 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 gets all of these theatrics. And while I'm talking about him, I guess I'll just get into um, the little scoop I have. So those for those that don't have Twitter, um, don't follow me on there. Um, I was told today – so if you are on Instagram but not on Twitter, um, or maybe you've seen these hats, um, Geno has been sporting these um, penguin – Different, like just a penguin kind of hat, and I, let me let me pull up the um the photo here if I can actually find it. So for those on YouTube, I'll put I'll put it up the screen right here. So I'll zoom in a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think you all can see that. They, well, I think so. Hopefully, I can. Oh, if that's gonna work. Um, basically, it's you know yellow a uh, square on the middle of the hat like the one I have here. And then it has a penguin, and it's just it, it's very cool. And I've heard that for, for the for all the fans that they've been wanting to get a hold of one of these hats, they're going to start being sold to the public in October. 
price wise price range i don't know for sure i've heard it might be 50 40 to 50 60 bucks somewhere in that range i'll have to double check with the person who told me this but um he, he got off the phone today and it sounds like those are going to be made available to the public um in the next couple of months so that is my little Gino scoop for you all um, for today. Also, again, you know, just going back to his birthday, um, I saw Pennsburg of uh, the SB Nation affiliate for the Penguins. You know, they posted the um, the goal, uh, the goal heard around the world for Gino, and probably my favorite uh, Malkin goal of all time. That we're talking about him on his birthday, um, the slap shot goal against the Philadelphia Flyers in two thousand eight. Um, you know, I'll, I'll never get tired of hearing Joe Beninati's call. Evgeny Malkin says, take that right after he got bodied, um, by Mike Richards of all people. And Jeff Carter, I think was on the ice at the same time too. And he gets, uh, he's definitely cherry picking on that goal. I'm sure you all remember. And he comes in and just uncorks that freaking thing. Just says to Marty Baron, you know what? F you basically, I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say that word on the podcast, but th that is the kind of goal that I equated to. It is basically a F you goal. You stink that this is what you get for hitting me behind the net. And you know, his celebration was also epic, you know, Whitney coming over and just like <laughs> screaming in his face. Um, that will always be, I think for me personally, my favorite Malkin goal of all time. It's my second favorite one. I mean, the goal against the hat trick goal against Carolina in 2009, as you know, they said seven versus all me all the time. Um, you know, Joe Boninati's call Evgeny Malkin spectacular for the hat trick. Um, it's just, you know, the, the way he was able to go around the net, the skating that he had, the precision with that shot spins around, moves it past Cam Ward. Carolina, they were playing that as good as they could have. And it still wasn't enough. I mean, that, that was prime Evgeny. I shouldn't say that was prime. That was peak Evgeny Malkin stuff right now. My third favorite, I think the goal against Tampa Bay in 2011 when he just went one on five against everyone deked. Uh, I believe it was Dwayne Rolison in that. Um, that was just something to behold. Um, even honestly, this year in the playoffs, that was probably one of my favorite uh, Gino goals, you know, when he just vi vintage stuff with his skating, intercepting the puck at the blue line, coming in, no one, not even caring who's behind him, who's next to him, and just roofing it past Igor Shosturkin. Um, it brought it just brought me back to, you know, five or six years ago when he was doing that on a nightly basis. You know, those are probably they're my four favorite uh, Gino goals. Um, there's so many other ones. You know that that I could reference. You know the, uh, um, believe I believe you know he was the one. I believe he, I remember he had the overtime goal, game five against the Capitals in two thousand and nine when that went in. Um, well, it went off the Capitol and in, but you know Gino was the one that you know had the rush there going and stuff. And that, you know, that basically, you know, besides that Crystal Tang goal, that turned the season um, in the Penguins' favor. Um, but you know I, I could go on and on uh, uh, tr truthfully. But, you know, those are the ones that, you know, over the years have really, um, I guess, stood out to me. Now, I'm probably forgetting so many great ones right now, and I'm sure people bring them up in the comments or, you know, DM me them. I'll be like, yeah, you know, I I'm an idiot for not mentioning them in my top five. But, you know, for me personally, um, those are five of my favorites. Um, again, happy birthday to Gino. 
Um, just a spectacular career for him. And I can't wait to see him retire as a Penguin. There's still so many great moments for him uh, to come as a member of this team. He's going to hit a thousand games this year. He's going to probably, um, you know, he's going to score his 500th goal um, very soon too. He's going to hit, you know, over 1,200 points, probably 1,300 points by the time his career is over. Um, he has many more milestones to hit um, with this team, and I can't wait to see him hit them. So happy birthday, Gino. Hope 36 is, you know, the best one yet. And for that cake, you know, I hope I can't wait to see what he does um, next year for his birthday. So figured I would start off today's show with um, kind of, I guess, like a nice ode uh, to Gino in a way. But coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into who I think should be on the Penguins' top defensive pair if Pittsburgh does ship out Brian Dumont. I know it doesn't look likely right now based on what, you know, the, the Penguins, you know, said to the media and which I'll show and a couple others have reported, but you know, there's, you know, sometimes GMs bluff. So who knows basically at this point, but before I get to that, Benline is the fastest, and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including major league baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports strategy information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. You can head to BetOnline today or use your phone to learn more about the trends in action. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter, at LO underscore Penguins. So, Let's get into um, this here. You know, I, and I was listening today on Kovacevic's uh, DK Daily Shot, and he was he was talking about this as well. On Monday, I thought you know this would also be a really good podcast topic for my show, um, because you know it, it's still a very distinct possibility. You know, if if Mike Matheson were still here, I think it would be easier for the Penguins um, to trade Brian Dumoulin, and that's not to say you know that I think the Penguins regret trading him. I, I don't, especially because I think Petrie is a better player, and I think a lot of fans are going to see that. But, you know, if they do trade Dumoulin, you know, again, it's hard, a little hard for the Penguins because, you know, you don't have that heir apparent ready for him. You know, you look on the roster, because I don't know if they're going to go out and sign someone cheap to come play on the top pair. You know, you go to... um Cap friendly right now, the top defenseman on the market. Um, PK Subban, but he's a right D. Anton Strahlman, Danny DeKaiser, but he, he's not really that good at his point in his career. Calvin DeHaan, not that good either. Thomas Hickey, I mean, he barely even plays anymore. Ryan Murray, Scott Harrington, Chris Russell, of all people, Nathan Boyo. Um, you know, it, it it drops off very quick. Heck, honestly, it has dropped off quick after John Klingberg went to the Anaheim Ducks. There is literally no good defenseman on the market for the Penguins. They would literally have no choice but to promote someone from within. I don't know why this bird is deciding to just make all this noise. <laughs> I think it's just a mating call or something like that. But, you know, in terms of the Penguins, you know, without Matheson or Marino, you know, it's just it's tough. You know, would they be comfortable promoting Pedersen up full time? We've seen Pedersen a little bit with Latang, but you know, I, I think he works a lot better on the second pairing with someone like Petrie. I don't think he can handle 25 to 30 minutes a night. As you all can see, um, 
change positions. Uh, this bird out there was really just getting on my nerves. But again, back to what I was talking about with Marcus Pedersen. You know, he would probably be the most logical choice to replace Latang, but you know, he because you know, again, because like him and Brian Dumlin, you know, they're kind of good at the same thing, right? Good in their own zone. They don't bring a lot of offense. So I think Pedersen is probably better in the offensive zone than Latang is, but I don't think Pedersen is equipped to play top pairing minutes like Dumlin has, you know, in his prime. You know, he's always been someone, Pedersen that is, you know, that can play 18, 20 a night, all that stuff. Um, I don't think, you know, because especially with how much Latang plays now, again, he's still playing 25, 26, sometimes even half the game, almost half the game. Um, I don't think Pedersen is that guy. Um, in my opinion, you go down the lineup. Petrie, obviously, he's not going to play on the left side of the top pairing. Trevor Weedle, he is also not going to play up there. Mark Friedman, probably not. I think if if I think if Mark Friedman is on your top pairing, um, you are a bad hockey team. You know, and I, that's no disrespect to Friedman. I think he's a very serviceable player. Get on the bottom pair, maybe sometimes get away with him on the second pair for a few games. But you know, if he is on your top pair, you are probably tanking for the number one pick that is how i see it uh, basically you know he he honestly he would probably be their top pairing one of their top either top, on the top pair or the second pair on the chicago blackhawks because i don't even know if that team is going to win uh 20 games next year um you know you again you know he's not here um so what, the only option that you know would honestly things might make the most sense even though it's a little bit of a scary thought putting POJ up with the Tang. And, you know, they, they've played together in the past. You know, the metrics weren't that kind. Below 50% of the uh, shot attempt share, below 50% of the scoring chances, below 50% of the high danger chances, expected goals. But, you know, I think that came um, when PO was still a bit unpolished. And, you know, he still is a little bit now. But, you know, it's now or never. And, yeah, he's not going to really be, you know, easing himself into an NHL role with this, but, you know, I think of all the defensemen on this roster, and I don't think Young Ruta um, will be there because, you know, he's going to be playing on the right side. Ty Smith, you know, it, it would be fun to have him up there, but after what happened last season with him in New Jersey, the Penguins are going to want to take it slow with him. Um, I don't, again, I don't think he's going to be sent down to Wilkesbury, but, you know, who knows? You know, they, they might have to if they don't have their, if they don't have their salary cap situation solved by the start of the regular season. But, you know, it, it might be POJ that has to play up there um, with Latang. And, you know, you, you, you look at the underlying metrics, you know, this past season, played in five games, um, 57 total minutes, out of 60 minutes, excuse me, um, played in four games. I was looking at you so regularly there for a second. PO, Natural Statrick was killing me there. Um, but he was on the, when he was on the ice, the Penguins had close to 57% of the Sean attempts, um, 40% of the actual goals for um, 64% of the expected goals, 50% of the swinging chances, 56% of the high danger chances. No high danger goals for us, two high danger goals against. But, you know, the metrics, you know, very small sample. I understand that. But, you know, relatively fine. You know, again, this it really is now or never. You know, I thought he played well um, a year ago when he was, you know, playing on the second and third pairing. I know injuries forced him up to the top pairing. He was not ready for that. But, you know, I think, you know, with, the polishing that he had last year in Wilkesbury, if Dumoulin is traded, the Penguins might have little choice but to put him up there if they don't want to go out into free agency and sign someone. Because again, look, remember the players that I listed off to you all 
at the start. If you don't, if you don't, if you, if you just turned in now, go back about a couple minutes. Um, I listed some of the defensemen that are still available. It is a really bad market, you know, unless the Penguins are getting a defenseman back in the Doom one trade that makes, you know, I don't know, two million um, or something like that. But then, but then again, if they do trade a Doom one for a defenseman, you're stuck with the nine D, and it's like. What's going on here? <laughs> the, 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 the reason they would trade Doom one is to get less defensemen on the roster. So, you know, I think it's a tough call for one Hextall. I do think Doomlin should be the one to go um, off the blue line, but it, it's it's easier said than done because I do understand the logic that the Penguins want to give him another shot to see if he can rebound, see if he can stay healthy. I think that's been one of the biggest things with him the last few years. Ever since he had that ankle injury a few years ago, he has not been the same player. Skating has gone down. Even defensively, last season, I was like, okay, you know, he is not defending his own zone the way he used to. Um, when he's losing um, a lot of battles with his foot speed, you know, some something is amiss there. Um, I think so. You know, again, in my opinion, might be unpopular if Dumoulin is traded and the Penguins are looking for someone in house to replace his minutes. I think it's probably going to have to be POJ, you know, unless Ty Smith just wows them at camp. You know, if Ty Smith does do that, then I would argue, probably argue for him, especially because, you know, he's had good results in New Jersey. But right now, I'm kind of leaning towards POJ. And yeah, you know, it's probably not the best thing. But again, do you trust Marcus Pedersen on the top pairing? Probably not. Do you trust Mark Friedman up there? Probably not some of the other guys on the right side. They're, they're not probably going to move over. Mike Sullivan usually likes lefties on the left side, righties on the right side. Most of the time, you know, I know Friedman, he's a righty, but he plays on the left. Um, but, you know, that's just, that, that's Mark Friedman um, at the end of the day. So let me know in the comments and in my DMs and stuff, who, if Diane Dumoulin is traded, who would you elevate to the top parent? Do you think I'm insane for suggesting POJ? Um, let me know down in, in the comments and in my dms and stuff if you're not watching the show on youtube um coming up in my final side we're going to get into some free agent forwards that are still on the market that could be of use to the penguins if they do move a d out and create some cap, cap space available to make um the forward depth a little bit deeper so that's all coming up right after this commercial break all right i'm back here in this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i am your host Hunter Hodes, remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. It's been a very sad day today. Um, at least for me, my baseball team, Juan Soto, um, and Josh Bell got traded. And, you know, I know probably most of you are listening to the show. Most of you, I would say, are probably Pirates fans. So, um, you know, I, I definitely sympathize with when a team is just not good. But, hey, you know, <laughs> at least Juan Soto delivered me a, a World Series a few years ago. But, it's still, these kind of days are very hard. The team is just going to reek um, for the next several years. Um, getting into the free agent market here, um, you know, still a lot of pretty good players on the market. Again, I keep saying this, but it keeps ringing true. The flat cap has really, and I mean really, affected the market this year. So many good players have still not signed yet. We're already into August. And, you know, sure, some of them are they're going to trickle in at some point this month. But I think you're going to see a lot of these teams, you know, signing these players towards the start of camp, which is set to begin um, in about, you know, six to seven weeks now. Um, you know, you look at the market, you know, Phil Kessel's still out there. 
Um, Patrice Bergeron, but he's either going to be Boston or he's not going to be playing anywhere. Louis Erickson, Nazem Kadri, obviously, Victor Raskin. You know, the player that I really wanted to start the segment with um, is Paul Stastny. Um, 36 years of age, so he would definitely fit in with what the Penguins have been doing this offseason, but was really good last year. 21 goals, 45 points in 71 games, can play left wing or can play center. Um, the metrics for him when he's on the ice, the, um, the Jets had 52% of the shot attempts, 56% of the actual goals, um, 52% of the screen chances, 50% of the high danger chances, and 50, 60% of the actual high danger goals for. I would absolutely love to bring Stastny into this team. Again, I understand it involves getting a bit older and you know, the team age average is just going to keep going up. But you know th- this player can still play. Had almost 50 points last year. Underlines are very good. Can play multiple positions. Um, even though I think he's been, um, I think he's mainly been on the wing the last couple of years. If I can, um, I'm just making, I'm trying to make sure I get this right because I really do not, um, want to get that wrong. No, no. Yeah. I I think I was, you know, I think he's mainly played center, um, with Winnipeg, but you know, he has a history of playing wing when available, he he can play either one. Um, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, at the end of the day, um, it does make the Penguins a deeper hockey team. It gives them another goal scorer that I think they desperately need. You can put him on the third line. You can put him with maybe Evgeny Malkin, especially because he's played left wing at points in his career. He would be a hell of a lot of fun. Victor Rask is someone that I've also seen people throw around. But, you know, 21 points in 47 games last year, underlyings were all right. Sure, he's almost 30 years old, but, you know, he's kind of, you know, I guess a third or fourth liner um, at this point in his career. A player who I think would be a lot of fun to bring on to this team, Sonny Milano, last year with the Ducks, 14 goals, 44, uh, 34 points in 66 games. Um, you know, he, he, he can play um, either wing, uh, to, to be honest with you. Um, and again, he would make the Penguins an even deeper team. You know, Put him on the third line with Carter or Hein or something like that. You can also put him on the second line with – Evgeny Malkin, um, you know, someone who can potentially, you know, get get close to 20 goals. Um, last year, I'm going to uh, pull just pull up the underlines here um, from Milano, um, and this was on a not good Ducks teams when he was on the ice. Anaheim had 52% of the shot attempt share. They had almost 50% of the actual goals. Um, 52% of the expected goals, 52% of the swing chances, 52% of the high danger chances, and 51% of the actual high danger goals for. Um, honestly, I think you can probably get him um, for a couple million. I don't think he's going to get four to five million on the open market. Um, maybe three, three and a half at the most. I don't even know if he's going to get that at this point. I think it's going to be lower than that. Again, probably twos, the three ranges, something like that. He, he would be a great fit for the Penguins if they are looking to get deeper here at forward. If they do move um, a defenseman out, making sure I got most of the names. Uh, if you've already touched on Evan Rodriguez, Tyler Mott would be interesting, but, you know, seven goals, 15 points in 58 games, you know, and a, a, a kind of a hard pass, um, I think, on that. But, you know, those are most of the players that, you know, I would be looking at if I were the Penguins after they do make a trade. You know, remember – Oh, it was close to around this time six years ago when Jim Rutherford made that trade for Nick Minou, and that, and that actually opened up the cap space 
for them to go sign Eric Fair, who became the team's fourth line center and scored one of the big, two of the biggest playoff goals for the uh, for the Penguins in that 2016 run, like the game winner against Washington in Game Two, and the game winner against the Sharks in Game Four to go up three games to one in the Stanley Cup Final. So, you know, don't underestimate these kinds uh, of signings. You know, especially when the cap space is available for the Penguins, if they are able to open up some cap and move a D or two out, they will be able to afford one more forward to really make this team either as deep as last year's or potentially even deeper. Right now, I don't think they're as deep as last year's team. Yes, they brought a couple players back, including Heinen last week. It's very good. But right now, again, they are still at least one forward short, in my opinion, potentially two. Um, and so a couple players I mentioned can definitely be, I think, top six wingers for Geno. A couple other players can play on the third line. Maybe if injuries come up, well, maybe when injuries come up, you can sign them up there for a little bit. But um, there's some serious talent out there still on the market. And I think, again, if the Penguins are able to make a move, um, it would behoove them to sign another forward. Um, that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. And another record-setting month for the month of July. I know it's definitely a bit slow right now in terms of news. It's the dog days of summer. August, there's usually not much that happens, but, you know, just – Stay with me through this month as we get closer and closer to training camp, which will begin mid to late September. It's going to be here before you know it. It's going to be here before I know it. And then we'll be back to doing five episodes a week. So let me know what you thought. What Let me know what you all thought about the episode down in YouTube comments if you're, if you're watching on YouTube. And if you have any other suggestions, suggestions, excuse me, um, for those that listen to the audio show, you can DM me on social media and all of that jazz. So, Thank you all so much for listening. I'll have another episode for you all on Wednesday and then another one after that on Friday. Have a good day.